Up next, president and CEO of the Metro Detroit Black Business Alliance, Charity Dean, joins Authentically Detroit as co-host. Plus, Ned Stabler, president and CEO of TechTown, discusses their designation as one of 27 small business support hubs across the state of Michigan by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. But first, this week's hot takes from Bridge Detroit. Whitmer, $550 tax refund checks coming for 700,000 Michigan households. And deal with Henry Ford, Pistons, and MSU draws mixed view on impacts of benefits. Keep it locked. Authentically Detroit starts after these messages. Hey, it's Stephen Henderson from WDET and Bridge Detroit. If you love listening to Orlando and Donna's incisive interviews and conversations on the Authentically Detroit podcast, I hope you'll also listen to the podcast I host, Detroit Today from WDET on Detroit's NPR station. Detroit Today is a daily podcast where I talk with community leaders, elected officials, and residents of Detroit, the region, and the state about politics and the values that animate our communities. Listen to Detroit Today every day on your favorite podcast app. Hey, y'all, it's Orlando. We just want to let you know that the views and opinions expressed during this podcast episode are those of the co-hosts and guests and not their sponsoring institutions. Now, let's start the show. Hello, Detroit and the world. Welcome to another episode of Authentically Detroit, broadcasting live from Cass Corridor at the WDET studios. We are content partner to BridgeDetroit.com. I'm Orlando Bailey. And I am the Charity Dean. (laughs) The Charity (laughs) Dean, the birthday girl. Thank you so much for listening in and supporting our efforts to build a platform of authentic voices for real people in the city of Detroit. We want you to like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. So y'all should know, she asked if she could say that before. And I was like, sure, but I didn't think she would really say it. The yeah. Charity D. Donna is out sick this week after a very successful Eastside Summit this past Saturday. However, we are in for a special treat as we have the one and only CEO and president of the Metro Detroit Black Business Alliance and multiple time Authentically Detroit podcast guest Charity D. And that's my co-pilot for our final podcast of the year. Where are the tears? We are also joined by special guest, President and CEO of TechTown, Ned Stabler, who is here to discuss TechTown's designation as one of 27 small business support hubs in the state of Michigan. Charity and Ned, how is this blessed and snowy and cloudy day finding y'all? Charity, welcome as so my excited. co-pilot today. Are you excited? The oh my Charity gosh. Day. The Charity Day. Happy birthday. Ease. Thank you. 4040. 40 birthday all month. All month. All December. I heard about people like you. Yes, I am. <laughs> Proud Sagittarius. It was a Tuesday, December 10th, December, 1983. It is still her birthday. How, how many days later? 18 days later. That's right. Later. Still celebrating. Yeah. Going to Mexico tomorrow. I'm very excited to leave you all in the snow. All right. Are you going to yeah. bring some sunshine back? I'm going to pray about it. Pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray on it. See, how you going to gatekeep I sunshine? I mean, See, I'm, you, you are the people that we need to Because maybe you confront. need the snow to give you uh, inspiration to leave and go get your own sunshine. <laughs> 
Okay, I like that. So you're trying to encourage us on the back end. Like, do what I do. Do what I do. Go somewhere and rest. Ned Stabler, welcome back to Authentically Detroit. Thanks, Orlando. I'm sorry I'm just a Ned Stabler. (laughs) One of many out there. Introduce yourself how you would like to be introduced Mm -hmm. to our listeners. I am the singular, (laughs) unique Ned Stabler, Vice President for Economic Development at Wayne State University. That's right. And President and CEO of Techtown, Detroit. He is fancy. Yes, he is fancy. Voice. And you know, Ned Stabler needs no introduction. Right. right. Another habitual guest. I think we've only had Ned on a few times, and all of those few times were during the the panacea that was the pandemic. Panacea, the panacea yeah. Panorama. The panorama. Yeah, yeah, it was a pan something. All right. <laughs> I know that personal pan. It pain. was pan traumatic. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It was very traumatic. So I'm glad to see you in the flesh, Ned. Speaking of trauma, to... I remember what I was doing on December 10th, 19. 1983. What were you doing? All right. I, well, I was over at Hampton Elementary School. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. We were playing uh, kickball that day. Yeah. December 10th at yeah. Hampton Elementary. Yeah. It, it was like at and some Charity point at 121 p.m. The, yeah. <laughs> about the right time. The world we stopped. <laughs> yeah. It was a silent afternoon <laughs> when Charity Angels entered. were singing. Angels. A star <laughs> appeared <laughs> in the east <laughs> on the east side. What's yeah. your mom's name, Charity? Crystal. Crystal, did you know <laughs> that you baby girl <laughs> we gathered up all the frankincense and all the myrrh a lot, a lot i love it right i love it i love it all right y'all it's time for hot takes where we run down some of the week's top headlines in the city of detroit and if i know these two these two are gonna have a lot to say so whitmer 550 dollars tax refund checks coming for over 700,000 michigan house code this is by my colleague at bridge michigan jonathan oosting so michigan will send tax credit refund checks averaging 550 dollars to roughly seven hundred thousand lower income households early next year governor gretchen whitmer announced thursday morning starting on february the 13th the money will automatically go to those who qualify for the earned income tax credit in 2022 because adult owned earners combine to make less than fifty nine thousand one hundred and eighty seven dollars it's the result of a law the democratic led legislature approved in march to expand the tax the state tax credit from six percent to 30% of the federal version. Because of a dispute over a broader income tax cut, Republican lawmakers blocked a procedural vote needed to give the law immediate effect, meaning it won't be operational until February the 13th. But Whitmer said her administration retained funding to retroactively distribute the money for the 2022 tax year as the legislation originally, originally intended. The quote says this, this directly benefits half the children in Michigan and moms and dads can use this extra money at tax time to pay the bills, put food on the table and buy school supplies, Whitmer said in a statement. She also said we still have a lot more work to do and today's announcement will help get you some relief sooner than expected. Let's keep rolling up our sleeves, lowering costs and growing our economy. Taxpayers who qualify for the earned income tax credit in the 2022 tax year will get a check without having to take additional steps, according to the governor. However, people who moved or want to ensure the state has their correct mailing address can manually update that information online by phone or mail. Charity D, what say you about this news? Uh, sounds great. You know, one of the things that I'll say about um, the legislature or the importance of having um, blue leadership, I think, is the equity. Right. Anytime that there is um, 
a program announced, something like that, that doesn't require a form to be filled out or those who know someone uh, to take advantage of it, uh, step in the right direction. So it sounds like great news. Nay, what about you? How are you feeling about this? I don't understand how anyone could argue with yeah. uh, giving more money back to people who are working and not yeah. making all that much money. I mean, That's this, facts. This is really targeting folks that are, quote, the working poor, right? Mm-hmm. So it's earned income. you got to have earned income, but you're making less than you know $60,000, which is right around the median income and uh, household income in the state. Mm-hmm. So you know, putting more money back in their hands is, to me, is just a win-win-win. And I don't know why you'd ever be against that. And I don't know anybody who would complain about an extra 550 no. or so dollars in their bank account. No. I don't know. You know, there are people, multiple people in my family who would qualify for this credit who will gladly take that money. Right. And, you know, I'm saying that because I'm listening. I've seen critics of it. It's like, oh, that's not any money. That's not anything. Whatever. We need to do this. They're complaining about it's not enough money Uh, or it's not enough money. But I don't know anybody who going to get it back. (laughs) No one's giving it back. Who's giving it back? No one's giving it back for sure. But they can send it to me if they I mean, want to give right. it back. Check down yeah, Detroit. Do you leave your address here? <laughs> we take we take all kinds of charitable deductions. Uh, you right, know. and you know, yeah. thankfully, uh, you know, thankfully, none of us in the room will qualify for this. But we, you know, if you if you're looking for somebody to yeah. give it to, you know. But you know what? But I've been there. Yeah, I've been there where I absolutely we all have. did. You know, we qualify all have. for it. And this stuff is really important, and it can really yeah. change the game. So I'm. You know I'm what I'm always thinking about, about? I'm always thinking about like this person, like in the middle right the person who isn't like technically low income or in poverty but just this middle income person most of the folks who are falling in line with this bracket work for nonprofits and they have degrees and they are professionals right and you know the uh the uh the housing that's set aside for affordable they can't really you know like it's these these folks who are just like in the middle who are struggling right but doing amazing work right Right. i'm thinking about my time at ec in yep. where I would have definitely qualified yep. for this, right? Yep. I'm doing great work. Right. I'm not super right. poor, but I'm not like at right. the pinnacle either, right? And so really I, I'm also really appreciative of something like this going out to folks yep. that are super poor, but folks, you know, who are making maybe 60000 or 59000 who right. may who seem like they may be doing okay, but can yeah. use this extra And it's an extra bump around tax time too. Yeah, so even if they because get depending on refund, if you be, owe, you know what I'm saying, yeah. you got to pay that. But, you know, after Christmas, we're gonna need that. We're gonna need that extra five fifty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's right. All right, let's go. Let's move on. So the deal with Henry Ford and the Pistons and Michigan State University draws mixed view on impacts of the community benefits ordinance. So uh Detroit residents living near a three billion dollar development project gave the first approval of a community benefits deal struck with Henry Ford Health, the Detroit Pistons, and Michigan State University. The trio's future of health plan includes six projects that promise to add affordable housing. We were just talking about that. New jobs, improve health care access and boost economic growth around New Center. Residents serving on a voluntary neighborhood advisory council spent the last three months considering how the massive project will affect life in surrounding neighborhoods. A six to two vote on Tuesday night sets the stage for city council to finalize developer commitments to invest in the community priorities. Developers agreed to a $2 million investment in a home repair fund, a $500,000 donation, and a rental assistance fund, $300,000 in grants for community organizations, and 50 full-ride scholarships to Michigan State for students at Northwestern High School and University Prep. 
just a side note, we don't know where that who's going to be the fiduciary of that money. We don't know where it's going yet. The Pistons agreed to accept Section 8 housing vouchers for a portion of apartments offered at an affordable rate. However, the benefits deal doesn't include a breakdown of how the investments are divided between Henry Ford, the Pistons organization, and MSU. So roughly $283 million in state and local tax breaks are being sought to help finance a $774 million investment in three apartment buildings, a joint medical research center, and a parking garage. Henry Ford Health won't request any tax breaks to fund its $2.2 billion hospital expansion. So that's important to note, guys. Henry Ford is not seeking tax breaks for their hospital expansion, which includes a new energy facility and another parking deck. Most of the tax incentives will go toward the Pistons housing projects. Richard Haddad, chief operating officer for the Pistons, said the agreement won't satisfy everyone, but the developers are proud of what's included in the package. Home repair and rental assistance funding was added to the agreement after residents pushed for its inclusion. Two leaders of the Neighborhood Council didn't approve the benefits package. Co-vice chairs Joanne Adams and Venetia Tompkins said the deal doesn't go far enough to address potential displacement of renters. The neighborhood group presented a list, I remember when this happened, of 155 demands. The developers' response cut the number in half. Adams said the benefits are meager compared to tax incentives being sought. She also was frustrated by failed proposals to incorporate a racial equity framework and seek an investment in the city's affordable housing trust fund. The quote says this, this isn't a negotiation, negotiation rather, this is the administration and the developers exercising their considerable power for their own gain against the best interests of our community. Adams wrote in a statement, Charity, what say you? And I'm really (laughs) interested to hear from you because you are the former director of the city of Detroit's uh, civil rights and inclusion Mm -hmm. office that has a bit of an oversight role along with the Human Rights Commission around how these benefits are uh, actualized. What say you? Well, yeah, I have a lot to say. Um, I think I think we really should look at the community benefits ordinance in general and the process. Agreed. Um, wholeheartedly, I believe that uh, when I was at the city of Detroit, there were some conversations about doing just that. But one thing that I'll say, not just about this deal, but about every single deal, what is consistently missing, it is missing, I say this every day, is small business. Mm. The we the, I mean when I and I, and I want to just say on just full disclosure the Pistons are partners of ours of the of the Black Business Alliance. We sat down and I, I met with uh, Michigan State Henry Ford and, and yeah, I've but met this with them ordinance this. essentially silences the voices of small businesses in areas it's, and it's, it's uh, not even that the not, ordinance silences the people. Ordinance is just words on a paper. Right? How you implement the ordinance when you are creating your knack. That's what I'm saying. There, there's like, there's no thought to say, hmm, should we have a small business owner or on every insti- single or institutional partner, NAC. nonprofit partner? The NAC is it's a it's a political advisory board, in my opinion, where uh, the mayor get and the mayor and the city council gets to choose folks who are probably more than likely going to be allies to get done whatever the developer the wants to get done, gets, and you get two seats the community, the community does get to I will say this, in fairness, I'm going to just give you some devil's advocate just for uh, two seconds and then I'm going to go back. But we can argue. Detroit is the only municipal, like municipality, major municipality that has a community benefits ordinance like this. So like, I want to give us credit for being progressive in that way. But the current ordinance, as it says, I'll give Sugar Law Firm the credit for us being progressive in <laughs> that sure. way because I'm they brought that ordinance originally 
originally, and the mayor responded with an ordinance yes. by sponsored yes. by Scott Benson because yes. he had to. I know. Okay, but I'm saying Detroit. I'm not talking about people. All Orlando. right, I'm just saying. I'm saying our city is progressive in the fact that we have this thing. Yeah. Um, it needs pure reform, mm-hmm. right? Agreed. The idea that, to your point, um, the way the NAC is divided is that the planning department, the mayor's office gets certain seats, city council gets certain seats, and then the community gets to decide. And it's not equally shared. That's an inequity that is um, in the ordinance, but even the process. Mm-hmm. Because what happens, and I, I'm going to get in trouble, I'm going to just say it. What's going to happen is the community will vote and they'll say these things that they want. And then developers or whoever's on the other end of the project, they still have to go through an entire another level of negotiations with the Detroit City Council. With the council and, with Detroit and, City. and the DBRA. So, so there is no like, oh, this is what the community wanted and it's done. It's like, okay, we got to go here and then we're about to go right back around to each, everybody, what you want, what mm-hmm. you going to get. And so we have to really th- think about what is really benefiting the community and what kind of environment do we want. And I will tell you this from my perspective at the, the Black Business Alliance. I'm always advocating for small business and black business. And I have yet to see me. Same. I have yet to see if, if your economic development policies do not include small business. I mean, we got Ned here. Is, <laughs> right. Then what are I'm we in. doing? And so when we <laughs> met with our friends at the Pistons and Henry Ford, I'm like, look. I'm not going to be the one to talk to you about affordable housing. There are people that are going to do that. I'm not going to talk to you about rental rights. Like you got the folks in the community are going to do that. How about folks that actually want to um, have businesses in this area, right? How do we create environments? Can we have a a tenant improvement fund for small businesses so that they can compete? Black businesses can compete in this area, can compete, you know, in this area. How do we, can we do housing? And then can we also have market housing? Mm-hmm. So we can build wealth. Mm-hmm. Is there wealth opportunities in how we're doing community benefits? Or is it always you got to be super, super rich or qualify for affordable housing? <laughs> because where do where do I fit in? If I'm thinking about Charity Dean, where do where do I fit in? Right. Mm. So good point. Now, what say you? Well, you know, it's, it's tough to talk too much about the specifics about what got approved yeah, at, yeah, you know, sure. as part of this. Um, you know, I will say that in terms of displacement, my understanding, and we're right across the street, so this uh-huh. is happening, you know, Tech Town, this is all happening just on the other side of 2nd Avenue, you know, Burroughs, uh, uh, the Bur- old Burroughs building is one Ford place now, which is going to get turned back into housing as part of this. You know, the one thing I will say is that displacement, you know, most of that housing is going into an office building, what's currently an office building, yes. and the new housing is getting built on a parking lot. Right, so it's not like they're taking a whole bunch of existing residents. Now, look, as property values rise, you yes. do have, but there aren't a whole lot of people that live in the footprint of this this area. It is largely the hospital office and what I always have described as an aircraft carrier sized parking lot. They are. I um, walked the well, hospital. You, I, I saw the within, hospital within the impact area, and I would like to say that the impact area is drawn is is drawn. Like there is no like community wide or arbitrary process. Uh, so draw the map. To draw yeah. the map, right? Because so you have folks like Yusuf Bunchy Shakur, who this yeah. is going to affect, who is left out, who who they drew the boundaries mm-hmm. of the impact area around. You have you Northwest Goldberg. 
they don't want it with Yusuf Bunchy Shakur. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, and Yusuf, Yusuf is a habitual guest on this show. And every time we come on, we got to put the parental thing on yeah. there. She's going to say what he want to say. Um, and uh, Daniel Washington over at Northwest Goldberg, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the, the, the way that these maps are drawn doesn't seem equitable. And in the very beginning, we were talking, they were talking about, you know, a racial equity framework that was shot down. And the other thing about but, this, I, I would have liked to hear more from the Pistons. It's not really Henry Ford that's asking for the tax breaks and they're sort of bearing the brunt and sending their person out there to speak on behalf of all three in the person of Denise Brooks-Williams. And one thing, the final thing that I'll say about something that she said is that, you know, the main community benefit is that you have a world-class hospital in your neighborhood. Stop it. Y'all stop <laughs> So here's, here's that's insulting. Here's my thing. First of all, a racial equity framework is not a benefit. It really should be the process by which the city does everything that it does, including its community benefits. I agree. Process. I don't think it's a benefit. Making sure they're so, equitable should be a baseline. What, I think that was the framework that they wanted to do work from and, and figure out the benefits. But what yeah. I'm saying is, yeah, for that project. But yeah. what I'm saying is, the planning department should have a racial equity framework. Facts. Through which it does not just for CBO processes, but for every process. And I'm not saying that there aren't folks that are thinking about that. But if you are using it as a tool every day to make your decisions, then inevitably, you know, the work of racial equity has to be intentional. It it does not happen on accident. It's not neutral work. Um, It's not. So so that's what I'll say. But I, I will say this in fairness, at least specifically to this project. I had to have multiple really positive meetings with the folks over at, at the Pistons and Henry Ford. My issue is with the community benefits ordinance generally. My issue is with the commu- community benefits process generally. The way the in timeline which is too the ti- short. All of, yeah. And folks are not given enough time to arm themselves with and information you, to make. But you've also created an environment where it's like, these are my demands. This is this, you know, you, to resp- like that's not, in my opinion, community engagement. Mm-hmm. So when we Facts. first met with it's them, very I, it's very it transactional. So I, when we first it met was with designed them, that way. <laughs> well, I told them, I said, I'm not giving you a list. I don't do that. Like, I want to partner. I want to do real work. Mm-hmm. So we like we made a commitment to partner. I'm not going to give you a list because what you'll do is you'll check the things off the list and you'll either say we did or we didn't. And then you can move on by your way and we're like well we're not going anywhere we're going to be here for a while we want real partnership and so i think the way the process is set up so now you got 155 demands demands and they're called demands they're called demand just calling them demands sets it up yeah. in, a, in a way that's not a partnership no. you don't demand things from your partners yeah Right. That's exactly right. And if I'm going to be here for the long y'all, run, what are y'all talking about? We are talking about a, a large educational system and two corporations. When have either three ever played nicely with bl- with poor black folks in a neighborhood? For sure. What are we talking but, about here? But this is my point. So by responding and saying like you're you're continuing the narrative by saying mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my demands. My thing is you're gonna be here for a long time. Let's have a thirty year partnership and let's define out what that looks like. But, but that's the way- why the NAC needs to be expanded because we need a voice yes. like yours. We need yes. we, we need folks who are are living this, right? And who are frustrated, right? Who feel like history is their impetus to write a list of demands, but also practitioners in this space, like a charity, like a NED, or an institutional nonprofit partner, like Northwest Goldberg Cares or Mama Kua House, who can speak 
to but they this need to broader... be involved. My point is they need yeah. to be involved throughout because Agreed. what happens is this is how systemic racism lives on. We we have these powerful folks and they say, hey, you poor black people in your words, what are the two things you want so you can leave me alone? You give them the two things they want and then the system continues like to exist. And, and before the Black Business Alliance, I'm just talking my stuff for two seconds. That's how it was. Well, people would come to us and like, oh, well, we're going to do this. No, I want you to partner with me. I want mm-hmm. you to match measure your impact i want to see what you're doing like don't know it's not two things and then you go away like this is gonna be a marriage it's gonna be uncomfortable but we can in a bed we will and we will talk about it when we come back from this break because we need <laughs> way more time to talk about this uh so we'll be right back we got charity dina's guest co-host and ed stabler in the studio we'll be right back Founded in 2021, the Stoudemire is a membership-based community recreation and wellness center centrally located on the east side of Detroit. Membership in the Stoudemire is available on a sliding scale for up to $20 per year or 20 hours of volunteer time. The Stoudemire offers art, dance, and fitness classes, community meetings and events, resource fairs, pop-up events, the neighborhood tech hub, and more. Members who are residents of the east side have access to exclusive services in the wellness network. Join today and live well, play well, be well. Visit ecndetroit.org. Bridge Detroit is your news and engagement platform that is telling the stories of Detroiters rooted by community priorities. Started in 2020 by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Stephen Henderson, the newsroom has already established its footing as the go-to source for hyper-local perspectives that ask the hard questions, brings accountability, and searches out real solutions. It's free to become a member of this award-winning news organization. Visit BridgeDetroit.com today to sign up to receive the news delivered right to your inbox. Bridge Detroit, by Detroiters, for Detroiters. All right, y'all, welcome back to Authentic We're arguing Detroit. during the break. We're He's arguing during the break. I don't know who I was supposed to go to. Ned, you're, you go. All go right. ahead, Ned. I, so this is what I'm going to say. You mentioned this earlier. Henry Ford's not asking for money for their for the hospital redevelopment. Yeah. You know, it's really for around the housing. Mm-hmm. And we keep talking about Henry Ford and the Pistons and Michigan State. But it's it's not the Pistons, right? The mm-hmm. Pistons yeah. aren't going over there to build 662 units of housing. Mm-hmm. That's platinum equity. I mean, <laughs> the way the Pistons are playing right now, they could lay the bricks for it, but I'm bumped <laughs> to oh, build the housing. Not, what have they lost? Not, 20, not, how many not, games straight? 22. I'm not 20, doing this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I had season tickets last year. Mm-mm. I went to 17 games. Mm-mm. I well, took you to one, and how many subscribe. did they win? I don't Zero know. Of the but we should also say through. that Platinum Equity is owned by the Pistons owner, Tom Gore. Correct, but we're okay. not talking about Platinum Equity because there's a reason why they frame it as the Pistons. Who doesn't love the Pistons? Right? Of Everybody course. loves the Pistons. But yeah. you talk about a private equity fund, mm. yeah. you're going to get a different Absolutely. set of treatment yeah. around it. I think that's mm-hmm. an important framing as well. Agreed. Agreed. Charity, you, you had another point we were yeah. arguing during the break. Go ahead. Here's the thing. We're trying to solve systemic issues with lists. And I think the the reality is there's a responsibility for the process that lies with the city of Detroit. They are the owners of the process. They are the coordinators of every single meeting. They are there. And so what sometimes that happens is we are creating almost a, a friction between a developer and a community and a city is like a silent partner um, that's not uh, being held, frankly, I think, accountable. I think a silent partner to who? In this process, right, okay. that we're saying, like, there's this tension of, like, 155 demands from these developers. And, like, the city's just sitting there. And it's like, no, I don't actually think it's like that. I think the idea that we'd have community benefits in Detroit is great. We should absolutely have a racial equity framework. But it should not. This is It shouldn't be transactional. I don't like the word demands. I think that when you're trying to solve decades 
centuries of historic and systemic racism that go and we can point to them in our city, then we have to be talking about decades long partnerships that like really is about change that talks about what our boards look like that talks about real impact I could give you a list of like put money in this fund and put money in that fund but if that's not changing and closing the racial wealth gap then it's all pointless and then the partners get to walk away and say oh I did what I did oh look I got 13 billion dollars or however many billion dollars they can pat themselves on the back but the question is like how is the work you're doing closing a racial wealth gap Hmm, mm-hmm. that's a hard question to answer. That's going to take some time. We got to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Like, that's the way that this should be framed. Not in this, like, power dynamic of, hey, hey, white rich people, give us poor black people three things. And then you, you can pat yourself on the back and say we're done. And then, right, and then we as, like, poor black people can say, yay, like, we fought for the people. No, like, let's do the hard work. And let's call the city to the table and say, how is racial equity, in, like, infused in every single decision that you're making in neighborhoods in Detroit? It's about outputs versus outcomes, right? So yeah. I check the box, I put a million dollars or yeah. whatever the number is in this thing, and then after that, I'm absolved. I do not care. Right? But what are the care. outcomes from That's it? That's right. If we could tie it instead of the these actions you take to these outcomes that happen, yes. you know, that would be, a, I think, a better framework. That's and why I it's don't. important to have wealth building as a part of these community benefits packages. And they, it's not sexy to say because we've made black and poor as synonymous with Detroiter. And so you've got people that want to build wealth in Detroit. And there's no part of that in any of the community benefits process. It's like affordable housing, renter's assistance, roof repair. You know, it's a great I, I way think, to break cycles of intergenerational poverty and generate equitable community wealth. Entrepreneurship. Period. Small businesses. What a wait, concept. What a great we, segue. We, 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 <laughs> I'm going to say something. I'm trying to get back. Before we go to, to this. I, thank you for that segue. But I guess my my final thought is, I think it's a both and charity, Dean. I don't think it's an either or. Because... Nothing is that cut and dry. I think, you know, for everything to be black and white, that's also a tenet of white supremacy. There's a lot in the middle. There's a lot of complexity and there's a lot of nuance. Power does not see to anything less than power without a demand. Period. Right. And we can look at movements throughout the history of our country that speaks to that. I love what you're saying about entering into partnerships and agreements and it being uncomfortable and carrying that tension. And I love that. You know why? Because Henry Ford going to be here. Henry Ford ain't going nowhere. And we don't outlast every mayoral administration, planning department or whatever. And so we can have this tension. How do we make it productive? I completely I I agree with that. And you can demand that is all I'm saying. You can demand that it be more than a list of demands is. For sure. All right. Let's do this segue. Let's do this segue. See y'all? We can, look how we can model productive discussion. I love it. I love it. Town, most of the problems We did yeah. in Detroit. Tech Town Detroit announced in November its designation as a Michigan Economic Development Corporation small business support hub along with $3.4 million in funding over three years. I just asked Ned for my $20. The award <laughs> includes approximately $400,000 in funding that Tech Town Detroit can provide directly to individual businesses as technical assistance grants. Tech Town Detroit's application was submitted in partnership with Eastern Market Partnership, Prosper Us, the Build Institute, and the Michigan Small Business Development Center. 
In total, the MEDC designated 27 new small business support hubs across the state, totaling $73 million in awards. The program is intended to assist small businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 through investment in entrepreneurial hubs statewide. From January 1st, 2024 to December 31st, 2026, the allocated funding as a small business support hub will support approximately 3,303 entrepreneurs disproportionately affected by COVID-19 across Wayne County. That's quite an intro and quite wow. a tall order, Ned Stabler. Tall orders are my specialty. <laughs> yeah, I I'm mean, you're pretty tall. Seven. You're pretty I tall. Got it. No, that's not, that's intimidating. That's a lot of work we got to yeah. do. Why is it scary? It's scary. It's not Ooh. scary at all, to be honest with okay. you. It's not because you know we've been doing this work for a long time, yeah. and we've been yelling at the state for I don't know six or seven years that saying, "Hey, you've got money that goes out the door to help folks who are doing tech businesses, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. But what about everybody else? What yep. about the other ninety nine percent of businesses across the, you know this yep. this state that are the lifeblood of our economy mm-hmm. that are generating uh, uh, equitable community wealth that are creating amenities and jobs in our neighborhoods across the state. And so this is really the first time the MEDC has stepped up and said, great, we're going to help out everybody else. Yeah. Can you talk about the impetus for the coming together of these powerhouse organizations? I mean, Eastern Market Corporation, Prosperous, uh, Build, and you know, we also have like this narrative in the nonprofit sector, this quiet narrative around competition. Like we know it's there, but we competing against each other, but y'all came together. What happened? How did that happen? So we've, we've actually come together for a while now. So eight years ago when I started at Tech Town, uh, which is Wayne State's entrepreneurship hub for those of you who don't know it, um, I heard about this. The, the, they didn't, people didn't play nice. So there was a mindset of scarcity, a shrinking pie, yada, yada, yada. Pick your, pick your metaphor. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. So I sat down with the leaders at Build and, and a waiter as Prosperous came on board, Prosperous, um, and really all the other folks that were doing work in this space. Because I said, we have to work together. Yeah. We got to figure out how to expand the pie. We got to figure out how to make two plus two five, which is why when you know Charity went and started the Metro Detroit Black Business Alliance, yep. we were their first corporate partner, That's I think, right. at TechTown. That's true. More oh. is all right. More is partner. Better, That's right. right. Partner. <laughs> There's Did that you word. give him some demands? <laughs> yeah. We demanded the charity be the charity dean. And no, it's. No, but, but that's real. Partnering with good organizations, yeah. like there's 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 more work than any of us can yeah. do by ourselves. Yeah. And right. we're way better off if we go together. So over the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, I can't tell you the number of times I've said to a funder, hey, thank you. You should fund me. You know who else you should fund? Yep. The Build Institute. Yep. That's right. We need them as part of the ecosystem because yeah. they, to Regina, they funnel yeah. forks. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly right. Yeah. Right. So that's an important part of this process. You know, you talk a lot about wealth, Ned Stabler, mm-hmm. but Charity, you also talk about wealth. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing how you define wealth. Mm. I mean, I define it really from an, I'm a pretend economist, right? I have a degree from the London School of Economics and Political (laughs) Science. So really just how much money you got, right? What's your net worth? And so we're trying to generate people having more of it. You're in a city where the median household income uh, is $33,000. Median incomes are in the low 20s, right? Whereas statewide it's Mm $63,000. So, you know, we're in a city that, that is not uh, a rich city. I mean, yeah. it is literally living at levels that are, you know, near poverty lines, uh, especially if you get a bigger family, a family of three or four or five. And that's a real problem. You know, I want to make a, a PowerPoint of uh, myths about Detroit because I hear all the time, Detroit doesn't have enough people to have mass transit. 
Detroit Who's? doesn't have enough this, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh but yes, Detroit has the same amount of density as Atlanta, Portland, yeah. and Denver. You know the problem is? The people here don't have enough money. Yeah. We don't have enough disposable income. We don't have enough, you know, all those kinds of things. We're not, it, it's not a desert of food or healthcare. It's a desert of transit, money, yeah. and opportunity. Capital. Charity, talk about wealth from your standpoint. How do you define it? I mean, I think it's the same, right? It's assets. It's money. It's cash that you can use to do something with. It's it's the non-cash, right? It's land. Um, it's things you can pass down to your children. Mm. And for black people in this country, it's something that's been intentionally denied. Like, I have to always acknowledge that. It's not, um, this has been intentional. Mm-hmm. And so we. I feel like as we do this work, and small business is so important and critical. Like Ned said, I mean, we talk about this idea of building wealth. Entrepreneurship is a tool to do that. And so, but you can't separate it from how we got here as black people. Yeah. Well, Ned, talk about some of the impediments that you're trying to do away with, because if we're talking about a city with a 33, with the income of 33,000, give or take, right? Where, where does the capital to, I have an idea, but I don't have enough disposable income to like make good on an idea. How are you guys helping to remove those sort of impediments to give people access to play in this marketplace? Yeah. yeah and that's why this grant is so important is that, you know, going back to the uh, intentionality of yeah. what, what happened, you know, we, people always talk about oh, Detroit's been underinvested in. Yeah, but really Detroit's been intentionally disinvested yes. in. That right? part. An and, economic embargo was yes. on Detroit. And and I so like and it, and it's had the desired effect. Yep. Okay, the average net worth of a white family in this country is two hundred and twenty thousand dollars or so. The average net worth of a black family in this country is twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Right. So when my my wife and for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm white. When my oh. wife and I, good, we're, uh, you're white. <laughs> Stop I am cat. very white. Okay, <laughs> I am very white. Uh, but this is a podcast. You okay, can't okay, see me, okay, okay. and so you shouldn't make adjust. You know, assumptions. <laughs> I am black. People. I should say I am black. Really? <laughs> yes. Who knew? But okay, I'm just saying for people who don't know who are listening to this yes, podcast. That's true. Right? When my wife and I started a business, a small business, 12 years ago, we came out of our pockets for mm. the startup cash. It wasn't a ton. It was fifteen, twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We're not talking about millions of dollars here. But the net worth of average white families two hundred thousand dollars, and a black family's twenty. So if you need fifteen grand and your the net worth average yeah. is twenty. You're not coming up with that out of your pocket or putting on your American Express card because right. you're unbanked and you don't have credit yep. or you don't yep. blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's what this money is going to be able to help, you know, remove barriers for. Here's 10 grand. Here's 20 grand to help you start that business. So your 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 um, small business support uh, funding is for direct cash assistance. It's both. So there's $436,000 or so that we can give out in grants of up to $20,000. So, you know, if you say the average is 10, there's 40 businesses that we can write a check to and say, Hey, you need 10 grand to help finish out your build out or buy your point of sale machine or get some starter inventory. Here's $10,000. I got so many more questions about this, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the president and CEO of Tech Town Detroit, Ned Stabler, and my guest co-host, Charity Ding.
Have you always dreamed of being on the airwaves? Well, the Detroit Eastside Engage Podcast Network, or DEEP for short, is here to make that dream a reality. Located inside the Stoudemire, the DEEP Network offers studio space and production staff to help get your podcast idea off the ground. Doesn't take a whole lot of work to get started. Just visit the Authentically Detroit page at ecn-detroit.org or call Sarah at 313-948-0344. Founded in 2021, the Stoudemire is a membership-based community recreation and wellness center centrally located on the east side of Detroit. Membership in the Stoudemire is available on a sliding scale for up to $20 per year or 20 hours of volunteer time. The Stoudemire offers art, dance, and fitness classes, community meetings and events, resource fairs, pop-up events, the neighborhood tech hub, and more. Members who are residents of the east side have access to exclusive services in the wellness network. Join today and live well, play well, be well visit ecndetroit.org. All right, y'all, welcome back to Authentically Detroit. We are here with the President and CEO of TechTown Detroit, Ned Stabler, and my special guest co-host, the... There it is. T-H-E-E. <laughs> she corrected me over the break. Ned, like what you're talking about, especially providing direct cash, cash assistance and uh, technical assistance to uh, these small businesses, you know, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, the stages they have to be in? Are there credit requirements, you know? How, how do people enter? What are the on-ramps for entry point? The entry point's simple, and I, w- I want to be really clear. Just come. Just come talk to us. Yeah. The first step is a strategy session where we just sit down with you and say, all right, Orlando, what's your business idea? What do you want to do? Where are you at in the process? And it's possible that we won't end up working with you because we'll say, you need to go to Build or Prosper Us or somebody who's a better fit for you. Or it's possible we'll have something that can help you. But I don't want to overgeneralize. I don't want to overcomplicate it. Just come to TechTown and we will get you the help that you need at the right time in your business. And it might be cash. It might be a coach or a support. He might be taking you through a class, something like that, or might be referring you to a partner. Yeah, I hear you. So one of the things that you said in your answer is come to Tech Town. And yeah. we, you talked about the lack of mass transit and, you know, yeah. where we are at an income level in the city of Detroit. How And, you know, there's there's been this years-long critique of Tech Town around how Tech Town can be a better support of neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. Have y'all answered that? Have y'all figured We've out how to trying. do that? trying. So from, from 2017... In 18 into 19, we worked with CDCs like ECN all over the, the city to say like, okay, how can we get out in the community and be there, you know, Oh yeah, better, I remember right? this. I, I remember. I, what I went happened? Out and ra- I went out and raised a million and a half dollars. We were going to build out a series of neighborhood workspaces in partnerships right. with like- One at ECN. ECN. Yeah, that was, that was the first point one, on right? That. Yeah. We had an architect. We were all set to we go. We were meeting. And then there was this global pandemic. <laughs> panorama. <laughs> There was a panorama, <laughs> panorama. and suddenly ECN wasn't going to move out their space, yeah. and we weren't. So it got a little harder yeah. to do that. That's all back on. We're okay. in the process right now of starting that again because we get that transit is a problem for mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and also people just not. You know, another one is people not knowing. They didn't yeah. know TechTown was for them. Yeah, people don't for yeah. a variety of reasons. We're affiliated with the university. We're next to Henry Ford Health System. Tech is in it's the title. Tech, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, first of all, can we? I've been listening during these uh, uh, breaks. There's like ads and stuff going on. Can we advertise during your podcast? Yeah. We should figure that out. For a out. check. Uh, for a check. Okay, fine. For bag. Yeah. We, all right. We got a little bag. We're nonprofit, but you know, we got a little coin purse. We should talk about that because we want everybody to know that we have services available to help them. Yeah. And again, 
even if we're not the right people, right. we'll send them to charity. Yeah. We'll send well, them that to, was my next question. Yeah. How are you? How, where, what's the synergy looking like between Metro Detroit Black Business Alliance and its services and what TechTown is offering? Yeah. So I think one of the things that Ned said was key is the the small business ecosystem in Detroit. And I saw this during COVID. So during COVID, I was um, still the director of civil rights and but in charge of city small business response. And that was, I think, Ned, when we first worked together, like we got to get this money out the door yeah. for these people right now. Um, but I was fascinated. Fascinated by the ways in which the organizations work together, the small business organizations work together. So even at the Black Business Alliance, it's the same, right? We might send someone to go to retail boot camp at Tech Town, or we might send someone, Prosper Us is one of our funding partners through our, um, through our Capital Connect program. We work with Build Institute on a number of issues. If people are pre-idea, we might send them to Build and then send them back to us to Capital Connect. So we really do have a strong support in the in the small business ecosystem that I think is rare in Detroit. Yeah. 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 Ned, talk about um the your current presence in neighborhoods, right? You talked about what mm-hmm. you tried, right? But talk about uh what's there now? What are you doing now? Yeah. So be- before COVID, we had uh we have a group of strategists. That's how we get our 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 non-tech work done is, you know, as opposed to some of the uh, some organizations like an SBDC or even a build to some extent that'll that'll give you a class. We do classes like a retail boot camp mm-hmm. or something like that. But then you also get assigned a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Who's essentially a consultant for six months to work with you, you know, make a plan. All right, how are we going to get you up and going in this in this building? And we used to be neighborhood based. So our, our you know strategist one would be out at ECN or at Osborne. One would be on the northwest side at like a Live Six. One would be at GRDC and you know Grandma Rosedale. And during COVID, everything went virtual, and so we reorganized based on like uh, sectors and strengths. Like so, one of them is about two of them were about banking. Mm-hmm. One was about how to do you know digital e marketing, e commerce, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to switch back uh, to a more neighborhood based strategy, um, and we're reorganizing. Ned, are that you way. guys only Detroit? Do you only are you are you one of those? What ones? a great question! So when's this going to air? I don't know. So tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. All right. So as of tomorrow, we're yeah we do Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park. Okay. Our tech work is sort of regional because okay. the way the smart zones work. But yeah. but Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park. But we're going to move out into the rest of Wayne County. Okay. Not move. We're going to expand our services. That is so great. Yeah. I just have to. That's so great. I I, I folk. I say this a lot when and I'm like meeting with folks. I'm like you know. The effects of the things that we're trying to change when you cross over eight mile, the, the racial wealth gap is still there. Yep. And you got cities like Inkster and you got cities like Romulus mm-hmm. where people West Bloomfield, if you're a black owned business where you need actually more help. Mm-hmm. In fact, I say sometimes Detroit is resource rich for a small business. We got a lot. We got here. a lot of money. Yeah. Flowing. But if you go yeah. to Pontiac. Yep. Or, you know, and or so Royal Oak. I mean, we yeah. think like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but like, I'm telling you, judging by having, the people calling us, yes. saying, I got I friends help. who be doing <laughs> stuff, nonprofit work in these other cities. And they're like, oh, can you point me in the right direction? I'm like, bro, you got to come to Detroit. I don't know yeah. what's yeah. out there. And, yeah. and let's talk about that for a second. Because so for years, it'd be like somebody from the suburbs would say, I want to open up a business in Detroit. In Detroit yeah. We're yeah. like, OK, we should help them because yeah. it'll be jobs here yeah, and yeah. amenities and all that. But what do they do then? Right. They take the money. money. The yeah. profit goes back out there. We've started having some people in Detroit that are like, I want to open up a business in the suburbs or a second location yeah, in the right. suburbs. Won't you help me do that? And at first we were like, well, you know, we really yeah. want to help Detroit businesses. But you know what? 
I'm okay with that. If I if you're in Detroit, Hell you're gonna go yeah. open up. Oh, can I say yeah? yeah. You Hell just did. yeah! Because uh, we out there. <laughs> but I mean, also, look and at bring the your data. money home. Also, <laughs> look at the data Detroit Future City puts out consistently I'll that shows it. this this exodus of Black Detroiters yeah. in yeah. the yeah. inner ring suburbs. And guess so what? we need to be serviced. It's out there easier as well. to open a business in the suburbs. So much easier. It's, it, it is. Let's say it again for Talk all my friends it. at the city that are. It is so much easier to open a business in the suburbs. Everything city, every decision city council has made has said, do not do business here in Detroit. It's so I, yep, there's, there's a saying, it. you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> While we're swearing, I always call no. bullshit on that because, like, if you can make it in Detroit, Detroit you can make it yeah. anywhere. All right, it is my so 12 year old can make it in New you York. You cannot like, operate easy. a cashless business in Detroit today. It's a criminal yeah. misdemeanor. Okay, I'm just saying. No, it's no, no, true. no. So, <laughs> so let me let me since we're since we're going this route, I there's would an like, equity reason for that, there, right? There, in theory, no, it's not because you but, can have a cashless parking lot, Ned. But in theory, oh, in, good point. Yeah, but here's I the like thing, those. Those and, are and, yeah, and, you, are and you bring out a level a of thought. nuance though that I I want to bring to bear because I understand like the pushback against the cashless business yeah. because but, it's a but business. but both of you operate also. Um, not only within your organizations, but within the policy space. Tell us why that's important. Ooh. Cashless or not cashless? No. <laughs> why, why we're in the policy important? space? Why is the policy important? <laughs> white man, listen. Listen, white man. Listen Sorry, to the I got to get like 500 years of privilege out my ears for a second. It's clogging, clogging it up. The policy space is super important because the policies impact uh, how this works, right? Yeah. So there's, so this is something, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cause some problems for my fe- friends down at the city because there's been a report out for like five or six years now of like all the steps you have yes. to go through to open up a business yes. in Detroit. They picked 30 cities. Yes. It's like the Institute for Justice. I mean, they picked 30 cities around the country, and they went and did it for four different types of business. How do, how many steps you got to go through? And Detroit's not the worst, but it's not good. And but they you know they say you got to go to you know thirteen different agencies yep. you know government agencies fill out seventeen different forms yep. pay twelve different you know fees and licenses yep. and all that kind of stuff right we should be looking at that and just saying all right how do we reduce it how That's do we make right. it so you only got to go to five right. places and fill out seven forms right. and pay three fees right like that would make it easier for people to do to do that now look. Folks in Ferndale and Ann Arbor, they haven't gone through that process either, that sort of human-centered design approach. But that's the policy piece of it that has real impacts for businesses and their clients and their customers and their employees. Mm. We should should make it easier for them. Mm. I think the policy piece is important because otherwise, we talk about the racial wealth gap all the time, and if we just do programs, we're hamsters on a wheel solving one problem at a time. When you get engaged in policy, now you're changing the environment where we operate. Policy is important not because, and I give city council a hard time and I give them a hard time when I see them because it's important for someone to be the one to tell them pay attention to small business this matters and after a while they will listen and we've seen progress even with our, some of the things that are coming out of out of city council it, policy is how the small business support hubs happen right exactly. so it's like you, it, so you need it on the like the environment framing one like what is the environment by which small businesses can operate? But you also need it on the resources front. When I think about other industries, um, manufacturing and all these other industries, like there's intense level of government intervention to make Mm -hmm. sure that those industries thrive and grow. And it is not the same for small business. I'm saying as the, the CEO of MDBBA and as a small business owner, 
right? I'm saying from Rosa. Shout out to Rosa. I'm, that part. <laughs> but I'm still like, I can't really fully lean on workforce development in a way that I think I should be able to, that I could if maybe I was a, running a manufacturing firm. Or, or making a battery plant. Yes. Exactly. How much did they put in this program? You said $73 million. Mm-hmm. Seven, it was 75 total. Yeah, I think yeah. it took like a couple million yeah, to like like that, yeah. administer it and all that. How much do we throw at one battery plant? Yep. 1.8 billion. I already know. Yeah. 1.8 billion. You, we, could, we could support every small business Jesus. in the state for 15 or 20 years for yeah. $1.8 billion. And that's critical. And I, I want, that's just why we, t- we tell our members all the time this, you, you know, we're not asking for, for a favor here. The, the resources that are being distributed are our resources that we pay into. We're paying personal, well, I'm not paying, anyway, we're paying <laughs> property taxes. We're paying income taxes. We are paying employ, employees. We're contributing to the commercial corridor. So we're not asking for favors. We're saying, Let's have some equity here because if every small business, like, well, look, when GM went on strike and I'm like solidary, imagine if small business went on strike, how would your neighborhood look? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How it, would it, the, one day. Desolate. And, and you're talking about neighborhoods. What's the, what's the thing everybody wants to talk about right now, which I'm really excited they're finally talking about? Population. How do yes. we get more people? And you go and look. Yep. Every metric, every survey, yes. every poll, every whatever, what do pop people want? What do they want to live around? Where you know, who who where when you're thinking about a vocation decision for yourself, not for your business company, yeah. what do you look around? Does anyone ever say, does every any list ever say proximity to a manufacturing plant? I would plan? love to live near a battery. Oh, I, I really want to live next live to a near smoke stack yeah. that's gonna whatever. No. Every single one says, I want Restaurant, small businesses cafe, and restaurants and books, walkable urbanism. Amenities around. I want to live in a walkable neighborhood. And I'll pay more to do it. Yeah, I sure Go talk do. to a real estate. What's what's the three most important things in real estate? Location, 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 location. location, location, location right? Not proximity to a manufacturing plant. I want to live near restaurants, coffee shops, you yeah. know, and and things. And policy right, is important in order to get that. We're running out of time, Ned. Tell folks how uh, people can take advantage of the support hubs. At so first time. of all. TechTownDetroit.org. That's our website. That's where it all starts. We will refer you to one of our other partners if you need, but come and sign up for an absolutely free, no cost to you, one eight hundred call TechTown. That's not our number, and we're not giving ads to. We're not giving you know Mark Bernstein free ads right now, but I love him. But there it is. Uh, that's my boy, you know. So Jumana gets equal time here. But anyway, come to TechTown. TechTownDetroit.org. And, and check it out. Come over to 440 Burroughs in, in Midtown and we'll, we'll hook you up. You know, another question real quick just popped up to, in my brain. You know, as we talk about neighborhoods and as we talk about, you know, building wealth in neighborhoods and folks having access, I think, you know, a huge champion of that is our beloved friend Marlo Stoudemire. Right. Mm. He he yeah. was he was a tireless advocate uh, for amplifying and lifting up neighborhoods and i get the opportunity to host tech town's toast of the town event every year where i throw in some pieces where i get to roast ned a little bit but you all named easy you all it is you all named an award after him tell me why okay you said it marlo was a champion right he was a, a champion of small business and before we did that we wanted to talk to valencia and make sure you know she was okay with it we wanted to talk to you know donna to make sure you know he's been so active on the east side we want to make sure we, we weren't you know stepping on people's toes and then we wanted to make sure we could give it out award it to people that really like marlo woke up every morning thinking about how do we make equitable change in our community how do we support small businesses that are gonna do right in Detroit, they're going to hire, you know, Detroiters. They're going to, you know, yeah. be black-owned. They're going to be supportive of generating equitable wealth. 
and I think we've been able to, to to name some really great people. And we really thank that you. I love that Valencia comes and gives out yeah. uh, that That's award awesome. every year um, because you know she and she continues to do that that great work and live on uh, and promote that legacy. But you know, Marlo is a, a friend and a mentor to so many of us. Um, and you know, him passing at a time when there was a lot going on in the world. I don't think he. Yeah. I don't think we, we took note of it enough because of the situation yeah. that it was in. Yeah. That was a rough month. Yes, that, it was. That was month. Very rough. Very rough. All right. Well, thank you, Ned. Thank you for being on. If you have topics that you want discussed on Authentically Detroit, you can hit us up on our socials at Authentically Detroit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can email us at AuthenticallyDetroit at gmail.com. All right, y'all. It is time for shout outs. Charity, let's start with you. You got any shout outs? I got a lot of shout outs. Go for it, birthday girl. First, I share so it's my, my my daughter's birthday on Wednesday. Lauren Dean will be twelve years old. So you're gonna see the attention to her yes. on Wednesday for one only day. for this two, only well, for the day. I'll be in Mexico. <laughs> 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 we'll talk about that later. Happy birthday to Lauren. I want to also give a shout out to my partners at the city who allow me <laughs> to speak authentically on authentically Detroit, but are not afraid to do the work with us. So to my partners at the city of Detroit, the mayor and Detroit City Council, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for having tough skin and, and letting us talk about the rough stuff. And, of course, to all of the members of the Metro Detroit Black Business Alliance, I love y'all. Yeah. Ned, do you have any shout-outs? Yeah, I do. First of all, Amy Rancher, who is uh, Amy. NBC. Yeah, yes. Amy. She got it done. She got it done. You know, I was yes. screaming in Lansing for years to do this work. Amy goes I up agree. there and in like three months, it's all I taken agree. care of. Here's seventy-five million to help. She's been the bomb for a long time. I agree. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's awesome. Uh, and then I'll also throw one out to our partners at uh, the Build Institute, Regina yeah. Ann Campbell, uh, at Prosper Us. We've got now uh, oh. Paul Jones is yeah. coming over. Paul Jones is on. And, you know, yeah. I want to say there's a common thread here. These are both. You know, Paul used to be at Wayne State yeah. in Tech Town. Regina used to be at Tech Town. Oh, yeah. We're ta- Amy used to be at Tech, Tech Town. Town she did. We're taking over we the taking world. Over. Oh, so we have like uh, Midtown University, like Tech Town, like Tech Town University, like we have Warren County University yeah. on the east side. Like go. ECN does the same thing, yeah. churns out these amazing. You've reminded folks. me. You've remi- yeah. reminded me. The last one I'm going to throw out is the new president of Wayne State. Yeah, uh, Kimberly yes. Espy. Doctor yes. Kimberly Espy. Yes. Who is? She came in and and she's only been here since August, so that's what I don't know, four or five months. She already knows my work better than I do. Let me tell you, am I? I have I have been. That's dope. In a room That's with this dope. woman so many times now, she is really sinking her teeth in mm-hmm. trying to get the lay of the land, and I like how she's doing it. Yeah, so good stuff. Shout out to her. Um, I would like to shout out my trusted co-host, Donna Givis-Davison, who mm-hmm. could yes. not be Feel here better soon. because Feel better. she's not feeling well. Feel better. The Eastside Community Network put on a magnificent summit, Eastside Summit, last Saturday. I was privileged to moderate a panel with uh, Speaker Joe Tay, Councilwoman Letitia Johnson, uh, Senator Stephanie Chang, uh, Commissioner Jonathan Kenlock, Commissioner Tim Colleen. Mary Sheffield was supposed to be there. There was a scheduling conflict mm. there. Um, and so I also want to shout out Mary Sheffield because here's the thing. The name of the uh, summit was Pathways to Justice. And I don't know any other legislator in the state of Michigan and locally who has sought to pass more justice-oriented legislation than a Mary Sheffield, right? And her voice was missed from the conversation. And I told her that privately, and I wanted to say that publicly. Um, So shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks for having me. Thank you.